to the 30 to Life podcast, where we break stereotypes, build legacies, and help others along the way. It's your boy, Mookie. And your favorite color in the world, brown. We got an amazing episode for you guys today where we're talking about Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Last episode, we talked about just advice that we give ourselves in the 20s. And one of the books that we referenced was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So we wanted to dedicate this episode to that book because it was one of the founding uh, books during our transition to really building wealth, building the legacies, changing our family tree. Um, And if you speak to a lot of people who are going through like this journey, uh, a lot of them would mention this book. So we thought since this podcast is basically dedicated to uh, building legacies, breaking stereotypes along the way, we want to take you through that book, um, kind of give a, a brief review of it and really give our thoughts and, and key takeaways. And I, I definitely recommend that you uh, listen to this book as well. If you haven't, uh, read this book. If you haven't, um, Audible channels or uh, get the book from Amazon and we'll have that in the show notes. But before we go into that book, I'm flabbergasted. I just want to say that, Brown. Did mm-hmm. you see the news regarding the vaccine and who the first person who took the vaccine was? Yes, black women, again, taking one for the team. We got a black woman, you know, she seemed to be a, a nice, pretty young lady. And she took one for the team. She got the vaccine first. Let's see what happens. You know, I, I just feel like this is just a modern day version of the Tuskegee experiments. You know, they just experimenting on us and, and hoping to see what happens. Henrietta Lacks. Shout out to Henrietta. You know, shout out to Henrietta. How, how do you feel about this, my, my dear brother Mookie? I was upset. I was upset. I was upset because one, uh, it was administered by a black woman and it was received by a black woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this was on media, you know, throughout, I mean, throughout the world. I mean, this is what was replayed, you know, on all channels. And it it just showed that, hey, like we're going to be the the guinea pigs for this vaccine. Um, And especially after Donald Trump said that his administration wasn't taking it uh, uh, at this time, you know, uh, really just add, added to it. Like, Hey, like something, something's fishy, right? Like he, he's like us, like we want to, like me personally, I want to, if I'm a, I'm not, I don't plan on taking it, but if I was to take it, it'd probably be a year after to see, you know, what's the side effects, what's, what's going on. Is COVID, you know, still something that's uh, a material um, fact in terms of like the amount of people who are receiving and transmitting it after a year, two years, you know, is it necessary? But I, yeah, I was upset. I was really upset. And this woman, nice lady, uh, uh, I believe she was from, from, she's from Jamaica and, you know, she was, she is positive uh, about it. She was, you know, hopeful about it, but it still was like, why couldn't like the president of the hospital take it, you know, I to be the first person thinking, why I got to be this nurse that this black, this nurse black woman is taking it, not someone else that, you know, who's getting paid millions of dollars probably by the hospital, just take it. And then let her be second, right? Like, why is it we have to be first when we don't get anything first in this country? We get everything last. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when I first learned of when the African chieftains uh, are sold out the other Africans and in, in, in neighboring tribes, you know, this, this, this is, this is just, I just got flashbacks of that. And, um, you know, as a fellow healthcare worker, you know, I just want to say, it, 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 I understand it is a difficult decision. 
you know, we are supposed to be objects of, of health and, and promote health and really trust in our government to provide us with the right medication to to combat this this pandemic. Um, however, I don't know if they followed all the rules, which, you know, they did cut corners with timing in terms of the pharmaceutical trials, um, stuff that usually takes uh, three years or four years and uh, plus, you know, they got done in a year. Um, it just makes you go, hmm, uh, I understand, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a pandemic. It's an emergent thing. We, we, need it, we need it sooner. But it does scare me that all the checks and balances weren't performed. And this was kind of just pushed to the forefront um, without all of the studies. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. As a fellow non-healthcare worker, <laughs> listeners, don't take that shit. <laughs> I have to be politically correct here, but no, 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 no. I, 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 I understand. I, it, it, it's scary. It's scary. Um, and uh, yeah, don't be no, an this, African chieftain. No, this was this was mixed emotions because like when I see it, and then you, you had you hit me up earlier, and you. Had <laughs> You sent me a text, you know. I'm like, yo, like, yo, we got to start a rally or something like that. Like, what we got to do? I'm like, they telling all the black people they got to take it. Like, oh, I see where you coming from. I see. You know, you know, you know. No, I can't talk about this on the show, but okay. you know, I, I do, I do have that, 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 that inkling of a, of a, of a, of a hunch that you have as well. I must say, you know, because I mean, the, the person who told me that I had to get. Well, not I had to get, but the person who told me that I was, you know, I they offering it to me, you know, I could actually go and sign up and take it was also a black man. So, you know, now that you now that you you coming at me with, with this angle, you know, now I'm going, hmm, I have my concerns. Let me let me play devil's advocate, right? Like we yeah. know that COVID affects black people the most, right? Especially older black people. Maybe it's like, hey, like the demographic that's most affected, we need this show that it is safe for black people to take. And that's why the media has, you know, black woman giving it, black woman receiving it, but I ain't buying it. You can't pay me, I ain't buying it. Yep, I agree, I agree. I think in general, there's just a, a huge distrust uh, with how the process is going and not just amongst black people, but I think it's just, you know, everyone. People don't trust putting foreign stuff in their bodies anymore after learning about all of these all this corruption that these companies do. So, you know, it's it, people, people just don't trust the system anymore, you know? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to follow the, the woman who, who took the vaccine, um, you know, just pray that, you know, she's in good health and it actually does protect her. Rather you think she got home. paid? Do I think she received payment? I think she got something. I don't think she got, I don't think she got a dime. You I think she got so. a patent them back by, you know, her employers. That That's it. You know, she probably maybe, got a week off vacation. At least she got something for this. Like she could, there was she, some type of incentive for her to do this on, on TV, on the news. Looking. I mean, like it's, ho- it's holiday time. So she already took some time off regardless. Right. Like Christmas is coming. Like she took time off anyway. You know, she may have got on, you know, how uh, uh, places have like a internet, like her, her, she's on the internet page. Right. Like, I know, I know at your organization, like with diversity and inclusion, they, they probably have like <laughs> her name and like, she's, you know, an example for all people everywhere or something like that. So she, I think she definitely got like some verbal or visual recognition, but I don't think they gave her any money. Just for her kids are going to have a good Christmas this year. <laughs> you think so? Absolutely. Okay. 
Well, then that that makes me feel a little bit better yeah. that, that she that she got paid. But, <laughs> you know, because you know, the first thing I was thinking, I was like, yo, if I was her relative, I'd be like, yo, we got to get her on Instagram, Facebook. Like people are searching for her because they put her name like all over, you know, these news publications. And I would have yeah. been like, yo, let's get an Instagram. Let's get a T-shirt. I did it first. Like, like. And all this stuff like oh, that, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like, Entrepreneurial like, spirit. Or black girl magic, right? And just have like the a COVID mask over the black woman and like just <laughs> like sell it on all these pages because, you know, she could capitalize on it, make some money. I'd be like, yo, she like, I was trying, I was trying to, you know, be her manager. I couldn't find her. So, you know. <laughs> Social media influencer. Yeah. I, I can see this now. I can see this happening. You know, yeah. I did it first. Yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, let's let's get into the nitty gritty, as you uh, say on every episode. Right. I notice. Yes, yes, nitty gritty. Nitty gritty. Let's um, get down. Let's get down and dirty. Rich dad, poor dad. Yeah, yo. So this this act this book was actually um for me a, a huge eye opener. I read it when I was I want to say when I was in high school sometime, and I actually read it a couple of times. Um, but. I, I got a lot of nuggets from this book and I just really felt like it was a, a good starter book for people that are really trying to find out um, where to begin on their financial journey. Um, so like you said, Robert Kiyosaki, um, his network is actually right now $80 million. You know, he kind of, he came from a, a middle-class family. His father had a PhD, but it really is a, a story of how he has two dads, um, one rich, one poor. Um, and you know, his rich dad really taught him how to, um, develop the, the, the entrepreneurial mindset and, and what it, what it meant to, to be rich and, and to have wealth, um, versus his, his poor dad, which really focused on education and using education as a stream to, to gain your wealth. However, um, you know, his father wound up getting into financial uh, troubles through the debt. And then, you know, he saw his, his rich dad, you know, become one of the Hawaii's uh, richest men at that time. So this, this book really, like I said before, is a good starter book and I I really do recommend it. Um, But one of the things that I want to start off with is is assets versus liability. Um, Can you go into what an asset is versus a liability and, you know, just provide some examples. Yeah. So in the, in the actual book, they have a very simple uh, definition of, of both. An asset is uh, something that puts money in your pocket and a liability is something that takes money out of your pocket. And one point that he was emphasizing then is that the rich buy assets. Mm-hmm. And poor and the middle class buy liabilities that they think are assets. An example of this is like your home right. uh, that he talks about. Um, and by that definition, one, uh, when you buy your home, the bank actually owns it, and 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 two, all your money is going into this this home, right? So you're paying mortgage. You're paying for property tax, et cetera. And all this stuff is coming out of your pocket. But a home never is actually putting money into your pocket. And that's something to really think about, right? Like it's an as if you think about it from that standpoint, you're putting money and you're taking money out of your pocket and it's going into your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to the bank, et cetera. And it's never actually bringing income to your lifestyle. So an example of 
um, assets that would come uh, bring income to you would be like real, a real estate, right? Not a primary residence, but actually like owning uh, property where you're renting it out to individuals, right? That's income that would come to you. Uh, investing in the stock market, right? Uh, the appreciation, the dividends or the interest that you receive. That's another one. Or, you know, even, you know, now that we're in COVID and, you know, having a digital presence is so important, having, you know, a blog or having, you know, a, a online business or even the physical business, those are all things that bring income to you. And uh, it's so important that you start to look at things like that, like it, a car, you buy a car, that is a liability. Mm. Uh, you drive it, 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 once you drive it off the lot, what happens? It depreciates in value. And then you spend the entire time with that car is maintenance, gas, um, et cetera, and making payments, right? All these different things. So you have to just think about when you're buying something, is it a true asset and is it a liability? And I can just think of an example back, you know, once I graduated college, um, got, you know, my first decent paying job, you know, this back like early 2011, once I got extra pay, I'm like, Hey, Oh, I got to buy, I got to buy, I got to buy asset. I got to buy a car. Right. Mm. My mindset. And at that time my credit wasn't the greatest. So, you know, I get this car, this car is what my interest, I mean, I'm think my credit's like in the 600 at this time, uh, low 600s. And, you know, my interest was, you know, close to 10%. So I have a new car, 10% and, you know, money's just coming out of monthly out of it, high payments, right? High payments. You're young, right? I was 20, 25. So insurance is going to be high and all this money's coming out for this new car based upon one decision. Mm-hmm. And, one thing you have to think about is, you know, when you acquire so many liabilities, it starts to get hard to acquire assets until you fix the actual liability. So it's so important at an early, the earlier age that you figure this out that, you know, you have to make smart decisions with your money. So you said something very profound. You said once you start gathering a lot of uh, liabilities, it's hard for you to, to get assets. And, and I think of my, my own, you know, life, that's very true. I think about all the student loans that I, that I had and I have, you know, and, you know, I remember feeling like I wanted to do stuff before, uh, before, like, you know, like go on vacations and, and buy property and do all these things that I thought I was supposed to be doing. Um, but I remember feeling like I have a ton of debt over my head from student loans and, uh, and I really couldn't, do the things that I wanted to do because of that. So, you know, I student loans. So on this, on this, 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 this road of student loans, right. And I'm thinking of like education and in the book, Robert Kiyosaki didn't denounce education. He actually like is for, he is pro education. He loves it. Um, However, he is against the school systems not teaching financial education. So he thinks that you should be financially educated as well as um, um, educated within, you know, the school systems. Yeah. I want to add to that though. Uh, I think it's a true travesty that uh, high school does not have a requirement for you to learn, you know, uh, what, you know, saving is, what is budgeting, what, you know, the tax, I mean, you, we do our taxes every year. You would think Mm -hmm. that in high school, there were a class on uh, taxes, right? Right. Right. You think that to be something on saving, on loans, on your credit score, which is a major, major factor in everything that you do from getting a, a, a starting a business, getting your home, getting a car. I mean, everything is really tied to a credit score unless you have capital already. So I think it is truly a travesty. And, and, and that's why it's important that 
you know, we exchange information to make sure that, you know, as parents that we, you know, teach our kids because we can't rely on the school system in its current state. Exactly. And one of the things that I really feel is holding a lot of people in our black communities uh, out is I feel like there's a lack of financial education. And one of the reasons why I do enjoy this book is because it kind of introduces a topic of asset versus liability in a simple way where anybody can really understand it. And I think that's really, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that is what is the beginning of a financial education is learning what the difference between an asset versus a liability is. Um, so financial education, uh, how do you feel, how, how important is a financial education? Like can, like, can we make it through this, this, this life the best we can? Can we build legacies without a financial education? And they reference it in the book, but without financial education, without financial literacy, uh, you can't become rich um, because it, the mindset is very important. Um, it's also very important that you are educated in what you're ultimately trying to do. Because um, a lot of people just say invest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to invest in educating yourself about investing before you actually start investing. Um, right. You know, you, you, can't, you can't run until you learn how to walk, basically. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes, you know, the, you know, when you come across people who like, oh, you know, we had like this Bitcoin phase and we had, you know, all these, you know, uh, things that people are like, oh, I got to get into it and everything. But it's like, those are risky, speculative, and you need to educate yourself first floor so you can make an educated decision on if you're going to pursue it. And it just goes back to like uh, just the current uh, environment that we're in where instant gratification is, is so prevalent um, uh, today. Uh, amongst our demographic and, you know, the younger generation where we just want to get stuff now, 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 which is, you know, really been uh, pushed via social media. Uh, but, you know, it's important, right? Like to take your time, understand it and then make a decision. So one of the things that um, I got from the book and I, and I can't remember verbatim, but what I got from it was that it, he said to make money while you sleep. Right. And as I've gotten um, more financially educated, I learned that that is what passive income is. Mm -hmm. um, so my question is, what other types of passive income? Because we, we, we keep hearing real estate, we keep hearing stocks. And my question to you is, you know, what are there any other ways that we can get passive income besides just the typical real estate, the typical, uh, you know, stock market, um, and even going into real estate, you know, is real estate that lucrative of a business that, you know, that was once sold to us back in the day? Because from my understanding, real estate is not as easy as people may, may make it seem to get into and make money off of. Yeah. So, so I want to touch on two points. So one, there's a lot of income producing activities that you can do, right? You mentioned the most popular ones, which is, you know, stocks, you know, um, real estate, mm -hmm. um, uh, but businesses, I mean, there's so many different businesses to do. You got selling on Amazon. You have, you know, there's people who start coloring books, adult coloring books I see now, um, uh, just uh, children's books, getting royalties from something that they do, selling merchandise. Um, there's so many businesses that you can start now. Uh, it's really just figuring out a need um, and, and kind of putting it on autopilot. So you can create, let's say someone wants to learn how to cook, I don't know, uh, sweet potato pie or something. You can put the recipe on Etsy for a dollar, right? 
promote that. And, you know, that's something that's reoccurring revenue that you only did once, uh, but it's on that that channel. So you really have to think about what's something that can appreciate over time or what's something that you can create once and, and generate income from. And, you know, the, the business is so important uh, that you create because one, your children cannot inherit your jobs that you have that are W-2. So it's important to start a business for the, the, the fact of, I mean, just the, the basis for passing it on to your children. And then, and then two, in the book, he talks about the tax loopholes that you have when you create a corporation. One, it protects your assets. Two, it reduces your taxes. And a simple uh, concept is, you know, when you are employed, you make your money, it gets taxed, and then you spend what's left. If you create a business uh, and, and create it into a corporation, uh, you earn you, you spend everything you can, then what's left over gets taxed. Mm-hmm. Huge difference, right? Mm-hmm. Just imagine like, you know, for example, like our packers, let's say, you know, we, we get a million dollars for the year and we're like, hey, let's buy 900,000 worth of equipment. <laughs> and then that leftover 100,000 is then taxed. Where if you had a, a job that you could just make a million dollars, so let's say for uh, you know, uh, typical purposes, you're making 50,000, and, you know, you buying work clothes, you're um, buying a car to get the work, all this stuff is taxed after. But if you had a business, you could buy all this different stuff before and then what's left over is taxed. So it's a tremendous opportunity for you to have more money in your pocket. And, and just examples of that is like, look at Trump. Trump has his business. Everyone's talking about, oh, he only paid, you know, uh, less than a thousand dollars on his taxes, one of his tax returns, you know, but it's legal in the tax in the tax code. So if anything you should learn from that, it's like, hey, I need to start a business. Um, I need to take advantage of this because uh, with a regular job, they're taking all the taxes first and I'm not going to be able to take advantage of, you know, this tax, this tax opportunity. Right. And it's interesting because I used to think that uh, when you start a business, you have to have this, this, this corporation and you have to have this, this property. But in reality, a business is just a piece of paper. It's just your tax ID. So you don't need to have all of this real estate, all these products to have a business. You can literally have the simplest business, which is really nothing. You could just have a piece of paper that says you have a a business and you can use that to your advantage for tax season. (laughs) You know, know, so there's, there's ways to the game. And I, and to be honest, I'm still learning them, but it really does make you wonder like, wow, what if more people, or what if more people of our hue and our complexion knew this? Um, you know, it's, 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 it's the game. It's the game, y'all. In the opening of the book, um, he talks about like the game or the, the rat race for, for, you know, the opening of the book. And one of the things that he talks about is like, we spend our time to receive money via W-2 Mm-hmm. And rich people spend their time looking for assets that create income. So, you know, it's definitely a different, different uh, mindset, right? Where it's like, you're, instead of you working for money, your money works for you. Yeah, the rich don't work for money, basically. No, That's what he's saying. Exactly. The, the rich do not work for money. And that is profound. Like, literally, we think, and I, and I grew up, I was taught that, you know, you go to school, you work hard, you get a good job. And then you make money and then, you know, you work in your job and then you retire and then, you know, you live happily ever after. But 
the rich don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know the, the rich are making money while they're asleep and um and they're and they're amassing fortunes and they're amassing fortunes and they're passing it off to their children and they're building legacies and you know it's time for us to do the same and um you know this book is a wonderful way to uh to start yeah no definitely agree um so they say so in the book it says uh lesson five says the rich invent money so is that what you um were referring to when you're saying like start different things that are going to lead to assets like uh, uh, eBay accounts, uh, reselling accounts, um, things of that nature. Just, just really trying to create uh, streams or revenues of of money coming in, rather than relying on your nine to five. Yeah, and I think a practical way of looking at it is like you know we uh, for most people listening to this or including ourselves, like we need a, a, a job, um, but you use that job to fund your businesses, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you dedicate a percentage of your income towards this business for it to grow. And much like a baby over time, you know, your, your, your business is going to be crawling and it's going to be walking and it's going to be running. And then, you know, you off, you take off, you off the ground flying. Um, so that's important. But one thing like in the book is like, it talked about like how uh, the wealthy or rich people seize opportunities. So uh, it's important that uh, you take risks. And I would say, Calculated risk is important depending on your situation. But, you know, if there's an opportunity that you see, um, you have to seize it. It's no hesitation. There's no, you know, waiting for things to perfect because we tend to do that, right? To, and so I think it's a way of like just um, self-defeating yourself is saying, give you all the reasons why it won't work instead of focus on the reasons why it will. Mm-hmm. So you have a, a, a cash flow pattern versus a rich person versus a middle class. And the reason why I, I do really appreciate the rich dad, poor dad, because he really did include the middle class more than um, a lot of the other books that I've read. Cause mostly it's just literally you have your, your poor and then you, you kind of skip middle class and you're going straight to the other polar end of, which is a rich person. So uh, really discussing the middle class mindset is, is, was profound for me. Um, and I learned that, you know, a rich person has a lot more income than they have expenses. Mm-hmm. And they have their income coming in from, from different streams. And the middle class mindset has really just their salary, which is coming from their job. And that's only one income. However, they have um, a myriad of expenses and that leads to debt. Um, how can we? Middle classers like literally just stop the amount of expenses because we have them already, right? We have our expenses. How can we begin to cut back on these things and and really make our income uh, outweigh our expenses? I think one of the biggest issues that we have, and and me and you both have had this experience at at, at some point, is every time someone gets another job that pays more mm. or a promotion, a raise of some sort, something that happens is let's say you, let's say you're making 50,000, your expenses are 40, you know, you could save 10,000 a year. You get a raise, you go up to 60. In reality, your expenses should probably still be 40. But what happens is you're like, Oh, I'm making more money. So you take on a little bit more expenses. You may get that Mm. newer car. You may get that new outfit. 
and your expenses at 60 now goes to 50. And what happens is called lifestyle inflation. So every time you make more Mm. money, you decide that you can spend more money. And the one way to change that is to keep your expenses low, um, but continuously increase your income. And that's how you can able to save more, invest more in terms of the things that you want in terms of more assets, income producing assets. Um, and I, re- I remember I was at this, at this, um, at this function and we were talking about when you get a new job and first thing people say is what I need to buy a new outfit or I need yeah. or I'm about to buy something new. And uh, the person I was speaking with said something profound. They said, when you go to that new job, all the clothes you wear are new to, to, to that new job. <laughs> And I was like, yeah. that is, that's it. It's like, why do like change that mind? If you change your mindset to that, you'll put more money in your pocket. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and you don't need to get the, the newest car. Right. Because you know what a liability is now, you know, that if you buy the newest car off the lot, you know, that's a liability because you have to put it's, it's taken more out of your pocket. So your mindset should be one, as I increase my income, I should keep my, expenses the same or find ways of decreasing it. Uh, and then two, you know, buy things that have value that will put money in your pocket as opposed to things that are taken out of your pocket. So we talked about houses earlier and rentals, incomes and um, real estate. Millennials aren't buying houses like they used to, uh, like, like they used to rather, like our parents bought houses, you know, their parents bought houses. Do we, do we need to buy houses now? It's interesting, like, like where we are in terms of like housing. One, when our parents bought houses, the houses were much cheaper. You know, there's been like a huge appreciation of homes, taxation, property taxes have increased. Millennials are more fluid in terms of where they're living. So, you know, they may live in one state, move to another state. You know, a home is really, you know, if you're going to buy a primary home, you should be there for, you know, a long time. And I think it's, it's, it's important that you do a pros and cons to buying a home versus renting. Um, I, I personally think there's no issue with renting um, because um, sometimes the costs are lower. Sometimes you may have to move, um, right? Uh, sometimes a home is like, it's, it's exactly that. At times it could feel like a liability um, and you know, something breaks down, something happens, you know, you got to get a new roof, all these different things that happen to people. And, you know, it's, it's a miserable feeling for people because they don't, a lot of people don't account for it. They just look at, Oh, you know, this is my mortgage. They don't count in all that additional uh, uh, fixes in that. And and it's so high right now. Like when you buying a home, so the payments sometimes will be higher than your rent. And even, so you really have to think about like putting all the time, all of the maintenance, all of the taxes, everything into it and, and make a decision. But millennials, I mean, a lot of people want to buy homes, but it's just like putting it down payment is, is hard. Um, and obviously there's FHA loans and, you know, veteran loans that people get to help subsidize or lower, you know, the down payment. But it's just a different environment where we're in, where we're more fluid, um, where we don't necessarily want to be in the same place all the time. And uh, the, the cost is just too high for, for a lot of people. So it's more of, you know, figuring out what works best in terms of what you're making and, and, and not making it a, a huge percentage of like your take home pay. Right. Uh, so I want to just pivot to the education part um, that he talks about, which, which that poor dad, which is the getting savvy in terms of your financial IQ. Um, okay. 
So one is having an accountant or at least having a relationship with an accountant. Mm. Um, learning why? about why do you, why, why is that? Why isn't it accounting because important? It's important because if you're starting this business businesses, it's important that you have a good accountant to uh, file it correctly, educate and mm. inform you what's the best things to do with this business. What's the, uh, best ways of setting up should it be you know LLC should it be S corp C corp and how you should essentially uh, set up your business understanding law which is important especially if you're going into a business like real estate uh, if you know in terms of like having uh, tenants and is the city or state um, friendly to uh, landlords or, or tenants like you need to understand that or if you're doing a business that deals with I don't know. Um, What's a business? Uh, writing a book, uh, just making sure that, you know, does it need to be copyrighted? All these different things like understanding law and, and connecting with the right individuals. And then uh, whatever you're, you're essentially going into is in, invest in the time uh, uh, with people who have done what you're looking to do. I think that is so important. So if you're looking to go into real estate, find some person who's already in real estate. If you're looking to write a book, talk to some people who already wrote a book. If you're looking to do Amazon selling, which at this rate, I, I think it's a, a good idea to consider it just because Amazon is killing all um, uh, physical um, retail spaces. So uh, it's, it's important to look into this, talk to people who are doing it and just replicate it, right? Take the best of what you learn from it and apply that. But you can't, I, w- I would say it would be a grave mistake to start a business without talking to people who've done that business that you're doing. Uh, that's so important. Um, much like with your job, where you talk to people who's been in a role and everything, um, you should do the same with, if you're thinking about starting any any business or asset producing uh, business. Yeah, it, go, it goes back to into um, having a mentor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I see your point. Yeah. Um, so, like, how are are accountants ex- expensive? Like, you know, that that's the first thing people are going to talk about is, you know, I, I got a small business. Do I really need to hire an accountant? You know, like those, those are they expensive? Uh, no, no. I mean, a good, well, it could be expensive. I think, I think the answer is it depends, but I would mm-hmm. say I will want the best for any business that you have um, and pay them adequately to make sure that you're protected. So uh, you have an accountant, they, uh, if they're saving you, you know, thousands of dollars every year, mm. if they're, if it comes when they do the taxes and they charge you a thousand dollars, but they save you, uh, you know, 5,000, then it's worth it. It's, yeah. it's, worth it. it's justified yeah. versus you not knowing that at all. And you're paying the government $4,000. So right. you kind of have to look like the, the value that they bring to you. The amount uh, is irrelevant if they're bringing you value. So, you know, if they're gotcha. saving you, $10,000 and their, their quote is 2,500, right. For the level of your business is like, Oh, they saved me 70. They saved me 7,500. I'm just paying the 2,500. So I think you have to look at it like that. Like, like what are they saving you in the future? No, like it makes you sense. You try to do it on your own t- total tax and all these different things. Um, and you get audited and cause you have an accountant and you paid all this money for another, uh, 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 uh accountant, uh, and attorney to fix this. Was it, if you just did it in the correctly in the first place and got the right account, you wouldn't have to deal with that. So you want to make sure you have the right advisors uh, from an attorney standpoint, uh, a financial advisor standpoint, accountant standpoint. You want the best people in front of you uh, to educate you so that you make the best decisions at all time for 
whatever you're looking to build. So pay the, and they talk about it in uh, Robert uh, Kiyosaki talk about it in the book in terms of like paying people who, who give you advice uh, fairly. Right, right. But he also, I want to add to, he talks about if you want to learn something, teach or, or give. Uh, I think that's important as well. Uh, and this podcast is kind of like an ex- example of it where, you know, we, we talk about different topics. Uh, we, we research, we learn it, we give it to you guys on the podcast and then we get more informed on it. So it's the same thing. Like if you want to mm-hmm. learn more about investing, you know, have a discussion with someone who's learned about investing because you did some research on it or you did some research on real estate or you did some research on, you know, Amazon. And, and, and as you're learning, if you talk to other people, they're like, oh, yeah, tell me a little bit of what you learned. It just helps you become a better person in terms of that. So, you know, if you want to learn, teach, uh, share that information, um, that that really is helpful. And it comes back to you. You helping that person uh, open their doors is going to help you in the long run as well. Yep. And we hope this show helps you so it can come back to us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then some last points, I think, in terms of obstacles. He talks about that at the end of the book that um, the difference between rich people and poor people is how they manage fear. Mm. So I've, I've gone through it where self-doubt, mm. um, right. Mm. Um, just having like a bad process or mm. bad habits. Right. And then sometimes it's like, even times you can be arrogant about it. And I think arrogance is where that's the first, that's how you definitely lose money. Right. Where you think, you know, something and you don't think, uh, what you don't know isn't important and you end up losing money. So, right. you know, it's important that one, you have your confidence Two, you have a work ethic and you set up daily activities uh, towards the goals that you have. So if you want to start a business or you, uh, you want to start a business from day one, you should write down that goal. And then what are the activities uh, to accomplish that goal on a daily basis? What is necessary to do it and make sure that you have discipline to make sure that you're doing that as well. And it's okay not to know something, but you should ask or do the research to get that information. Don't allow, you know, your arrogance or uh, don't allow your arrogance to cause you to fail. Yeah, it makes me think of um, something I listened to earlier today. And uh, the person said to find your frequency to whatever it is that you want to be or do or accomplish. And um, I thought about that. And, you know, when you're when you're searching for the frequency, that means that you're you want to match what you are are trying to attract. So your your, your behaviors are going to match that. And so I took what you just said, and 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 I just kind of uh, thought about what I what I did when I came into stocks. Um, I literally thought. I, I taught myself and I, I put the, I put the effort in, I, I bought the books, I invested the money um, on different classes, you know, I, I put effort into it and I invested in myself. And it was literally one of the best decisions I ever did because like the book, I was able to learn how to make money while I'm sleeping. And um, it's doable, but you do have to put in the education um, and that takes time. But don't be afraid to, to spend a couple of dollars to take a class instead of spending a couple of dollars to buy something um, that you really don't need. Um, I'm learning, you know, and one of the things that I really did take away from 2020 was to to invest in, in Brown, you know, and 
that takes that takes a lot of discipline and that takes overcoming obstacles. Yeah, agreed. There's no uh, elevator to success. Um, it, it really requires you to, you know, the, what's put what's required in order to be successful, right? Like elevator is broken. You got to take the stairs to be successful. And, you know, that's step by step and putting in the time, putting in the work uh, each and every each and every day. But I wanted to kind of put like the top takeaways for the book. Um, and I think uh, our episode on starting a business one on one that we had um, talked about finding your why. Um, mm-hmm. So it's important, you know, when you set these goals that you have, like it shouldn't be just to make some astronomical money. You need to have a, a purpose behind it, because if you don't have something that's true to you, centered to you, and money will be a byproduct of it, but you should have that goal written down. Um, we talked about activities. Like you can't just have a goal and then just think it's going to appear uh, out of nowhere. It's so important that you have the right activities towards your goals. Uh, he talks about your circles, uh, which I think is very important. One, I think it's important to have positive people around you because if you have negative people around you all the time, um, you know, it's, it's contagious. Positivity is contagious. Negativity is contagious. And, you know, that could change your morale. Um, and it's just, it's a toxic environments are, aren't, uh, conducive to you, you know, changing your situation or, or blossoming. So, uh, just keep that in mind, right? Like protect, you know, your, your energy, protect the presence that you have so you can, you know, accomplish what's most important to you. Another thing I thought was really good was to learn something up and then apply it. A lot of times, like we will learn something that we know is good uh, or we should be doing. And then it just stays in our head. Mm-hmm. And if you learn something that's going to change your life or just uh, moderately improve your life, you should apply it and then go on to the next thing that, that you can learn and then apply that. Much like with investing compound interest over time, it grows. When you make these improvements to your life, yeah, it will compound much like invest- investments over time. Um, and you will grow as a person. That's getting closer to your goals. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, another point was, uh, I love this quote, is uh, always pay yourself first. That's yeah. in the book. So before you, you know, pay any bills, uh, the first bill is yourself. Right. What does that do to you psychologically? Though? One, it, it creates discipline. Two, um, it tells you who's most important. Like right. that, right. that bill is not important, uh, right. more important than you. Right. If right. you die, you know, they still going to be they They're going to just write it off and move it on, move on. So yep. it's important that you, it reminds you who's important most is you, but then uh, it protects you. Right. Just from anything that could happen in your life. Uh, it's just important just to have that, you know, mindset that, Hey, I'm investing myself. Right. And this money that you pay yourself can be used towards your, your savings, emergency fund or investing in yourself, whatever you use it for. Um, you have your category, but you just need to, um, have the mindset that, you know, you're number one and that's who I'm going to pay first. Um, and you have to be responsible, right? So like, it's not like, Oh, all my money comes to me, but it's like a defined percentage that you gonna give to yourself each and every time, right? could be 10%, could be five, whatever works best for you. But that is very important. They, they, you know, there may be people who are listening now who's like, man, I still want to buy that new car. I still want to <laughs> buy, you know, that new house. I want to still buy the material thing. So one of the concepts in the book is rich people buy their luxuries last 
or mm. they use their assets to buy these luxuries that are liabilities. So for example, let's say you have a business. Yes, so you're selling back to the, you know, the cookbook. You're selling how to make a sweet potato pie. And it's just, you know, people are buying it. You can use the income from that sweet potato pie to buy maybe that car. Right. Mm-hmm. If it's, you know, payments 300 a month and the sweet potato pie recipe is going for four hundred dollars a month. Uh, bring your income in. You can use that 400 to pay that 300. You have a hundred dollars left and you didn't take any of your money and you didn't have to work for it because this was a passive income that helped provide for your luxury. So use your assets that are generated income to pay or buy your luxuries. So That's delay to delay the gratification mm-hmm. or make more money some way with your passive income and purchase it. Don't use the money that you actually got from your nine to five. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yeah, no, it, it's, I like it. it yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a, a great point. I mean, if you go on uh, YouTube or you go on, you know, Instagram or anything, um, who, who can I reference? That's big in real estate. Grant Cordon. Um, he talk, he he uses real estate to uh, his real estate business to buy a, a jet, right? Private jet. Um, he, you know, like he buys like these luxury things based on all his business. Um, and there's so many other people who do it as well. Um, and, you know, it's a part of the tax code, right? He invested in it for his business. Um, but it also allows him to live the luxury lifestyle that he wants. So um, I think another example, it was like, um, who did this? Uh, Dame Dash. Um, he, I think he, he spoke on a couple of times when he talked about how CEO of Rockefeller Records, he would expense him living his lavish life, right? Because he had to keep up an image mm-hmm. um, for his business and this opportunity for you to write it, write it off. So, you know, we always have the opportunity to do it. And this is, I mean, you know, we talk about starting businesses. This isn't that going to get to that point and quickly. But if you have that goal of doing that stuff, you know, you start today and you're like, hey, like, I don't want to pay for it myself. I want my asset to pay for it. Yeah, it just comes down to a mindset, like you said. Um, you and you because you have to have a disciplined mindset to even delay the gratification. Um, I mean, I, I have a hard time with it. It's not easy because you know you want the newest things and you want you you you. It, I don't know if it's a if it's society that making you feel like you want these things or it's just something that's internal that makes you want them. Either way. You know, you you feel like, you know, you want these things. And then in some cases you feel like you need these things, but it really does take that shift in your mindset um, to, to really delay that gratification. Yeah. And, and one thing you learn with luxuries is the feeling of buying a new luxury is, is fleeting over time. And then you want to buy like the newest luxury. So you have to understand that it is a part of being a consumer is that naturally you just want to keep on buying the latest and the greatest. And for some things you can choose to be like, Hey, like I still want to buy this, right? Let's say it's the iPhone. Like regardless, I'm going to keep on buying the iPhone. Cause I just love this, mm-hmm. but you know, the sacrifices that come with that, if you want to be successful. So you may decide, Hey, I'm not going to buy no new sneakers. I'm not going to buy, uh, you know, the latest clothes because I want to use that money to, let's say pay myself first or invest in the business or, you know, you just want to keep that mindset of like, it's not how much money you make, but it's how much you keep. Mm -hmm. 
So you're just like, hey, I'm going to you know, use this as my splurge money, but the rest of it, I'm not going to spend on anything else luxury. And that's like a decision you have to decide on your own. But it's, it's so important that you have that discipline not to just give in to you know, these quick impulses and really focus on the goals that you have. That's why it's important to write it down. It's important why you, know, you put it on your fridge, you put it on your refrigerator, you tell your significant other, you tell your friends, hey, I have this goals because you start to hold yourself accountable. And that, that actually leads me to another point that's in the book is to choose your heroes, he said. And, you know, when I, when I heard that, I was like, you know, mentor or sponsor or someone you look up to or someone who motivates you or, you know, people who accomplish what you're looking to accomplish now. And that will be an extra driving motivator for you to accomplish your goals. So let's say you wrote your goals down, you have your daily activities, you, you know, told a couple of people you're looking to do this, but you have like this North star of a, of a person that you're like, Hey, I strive to be like this person. And sometimes if you're fortunate, you have a relationship with this person, they mentor you, but even if they don't, you know, you can have these people who you learn like how to drive or, or will like some people uh, like Michael Jordan, right. After, you know, looking at last dance, like people use that, uh, documentary to like, Hey, I need to be focused. I need to right. be the best. I need to, you know, regardless of what anyone else is doing, I know what I'm doing and that's moving forward and taking one step ahead and being the first person there, last person there, or, uh, sleeping late nights to invest in my time to be successful. And that's what separates, you know, ordinary people from extraordinary people. Right. It's what you put in when everybody else is sleeping and that's what sets you apart. I mean, but it's not easy. It, 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 again, it's that mentality. It's that mindset. Um, great documentary, by the way, <laughs> no, I, I often do think about his relentlessness <laughs> in that, in that documentary. And it, it was motivational because it, it just, it just was a display of his passion and his character and his determination to, and to want something. And in my opinion, if you really want something, you're going to do whatever it is to get that, to get there. And that takes, if it takes educating yourself, if it takes spending enough, I don't know, a thousand dollars, take a class, do it. It's, it'll be worth it in the end. Invest in yourself. Yeah. It's the only guarantee return. I mean, you know, you grow, everyone else around you grows, right? Just look at it. Like we, we, we learned so much over these years and what, what's a natural byproduct. We telling people we're, you know, sharing it with others. We're, you know, our own um, uh, personal assets are, are increasing. All these different things are a natural byproduct of it. So pay yourself first with time, money, um, and, you know, self-care. Yeah, yeah. I, I I love the book. It's a simple concept. So that this is what I say. Like, if you haven't read the book, read it. Um, Audible's a option. YouTube's an option uh, to find uh, the Audible. Uh, there's long summaries on it, but I would recommend just just going through the book chapter by chapter. And after every chapter, see like write down like how did how do you feel about these chapters, right? So you can start, start getting in the process of writing down your goals and your opinions and, you know, see how you feel after reading the entire book. Uh, it change, changes your mindset. Um, it's not going to be anything that's rocket science that he's saying, anything that you may have not come across before, but it is something just reinforcement and just to kind of just shift your mindset a little bit 
and it's it's a good read. So check it out. You can find it on Amazon. It's less than nine dollars on Amazon. Uh, for you Kindle people, you can find it as well. Um, we'll have it in the show notes. Uh, just a, a link for you to find the book. But I think uh, you know it's a it's a one of the stable staples in book library. Um, I had all books. Yeah, yeah. I own it uh, digitally, and I own it um, a physical copy. So start reading. Yeah. Invest in yourself, financial education. Oh, in your local library. I know the library is a term that we don't hear too much nowadays, but go your library. Oh, I got to talk about this. This is a side note, but like, um, so all, uh, so beginning of the year, I was going to the library all the time, taking out like 10 books, only reading probably like one or two of them at, at a time. But I'm like, hey, I can take all these books. Let me take them out. So I'm, I'm taking books from like, uh, you know, real estate uh, to, you know, the autobiography of like Frederick Douglass, right? And I'm, my wife's like, not reading all these 10 books in uh, two weeks. But uh, so, but um, the library, it's a ghost town. There don't be nobody in there. So it's free. Like these books are free, guys. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want anybody touching my books and getting COVID on it. Okay. This is before COVID. This is before COVID. <laughs> this is BC before oh, COVID. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> no, but oh yeah, that is a good point. Okay. I take that back guys. I forgot. I forget. Now it's COVID, but after the vax, after y'all, stupid people take the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I'm just joking. After y'all take the vaccine uh, and I pray that there's no side effects, but, and, and COVID goes back to normal. Go back to your local library and, and don't just go to the library, sit down and read the book there. Like that's an experience, right? We, we, we're so locked up in our homes now that once things are better, go to your library, find the book that you always want to read and just read a chapter or two there. It is a, a great experience, guys. And ladies, if you see a handsome man in the library and you notice he doesn't have a wedding ring, ask that man out one day. Shoot that shot, okay? No, but um, no. The the library. I mean, we 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 got it. We have to do better. Um, we can't rely on the government. Um, and it starts with thyself. So learn, break these barriers and stereotypes that we have. Educate others, help others, and redefine the black experience. It's your boy Mookie. And your favorite color in the world, brown. Thank y'all for listening to the 30 Life Podcast, Redefining the Black Experience. Make sure you subscribe and make sure you share this with a friend. Don't be stingy. Give to the needy and the people who need to hear the 30 to Life Podcast. We out.